Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Are you someone that constantly procrastinates? You feel overwhelmed and don't know where to start? You plan a long list of to-dos and they never get done? Maybe you self-sabotage on your goals or things you want to do. Do you know that I've been doing time management coaching now for about two years? Yes, sis. I have coached over 60 plus women on how to better manage your time and overcome self-sabotage and procrastination. This time I want to help you. I'm offering for a very short time one-on-one strategy calls. On these calls, we'll go over all of your needs related to time management, and I'll give you some quick tips to help you learn how to manage your time better. If you're needing that direct help, I've got you. Go to rosalindrenee.com and scroll to where it says book a call with me and go to the link in the show notes to get on my calendar. I can't wait to help you, sis. Now let's get to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I am your host, Rosalind Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. And I am super excited because I am here for another interview today. And I'm super excited about this interviewee because we met back in 2019. Yeah, 2019 at the Find Your Voice Academy retreat. I remember we sat next to each other at the dinner. And I was telling her all about my woes, about wanting to be an entrepreneur and like wanting to quit my job. And here I am, girl, in it now. And so it's like full circle now, full circle moment. So I am super excited to interview her because she has such an amazing story about being a creative. She also is a podcaster. So I'm just going to let her tell y'all about herself. So welcome to Misha. Hey, girl. Hey. It's an honor to be on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me, girl. I do not take this lightly. 
You're welcome. I'm super excited for you to be here. So I want you to tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Okay, so hey, you guys, as Rosalind mentioned, my name is Tamisha, and I am most importantly, the daughter of Christ Jesus. And I am a creative. I am a creative at heart. I'm a podcaster. I'm also a graphic designer. I love all things creative. I love all things God and fashion. So that's who I am in a nutshell. So you have a podcast. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Okay, so I have two podcasts. I have a podcast that's for millennials. It's like a self-awareness podcast, but seeking self-awareness through the eyes of God, where I talk about faith. I share my personal journal entries and just what God is sharing with me. I go on a podcast and I encourage millennials to seek God in everything, you know, and to seek God, especially because we get lost in who the world tells us we need to be or just growing up in different environments. We get lost and we attach ourselves to things that are not of us. So I just basically guide them and help them figure out who God has called them to be. And another podcast that I have that I just launched this year is called Called and Creative. And that podcast is for creative individuals that are connecting the dots between being called and being creative and just acknowledging the main creator because, I mean, you know, God is the creator. So that means we're all creative. Awesome. So I wanted to interview you today because I've listened to a couple of your podcasts on both podcasts, actually, but specifically your Creative and Call podcast. You talk a lot about being creative as well as being a believer. And I think that conversation isn't really talked about because I think we limit creativity a lot especially as believers. And we don't kind of really know like the gauge of like what that looks like and all of that. So for you personally, when did you know that you were creative or really a creative or creative in general? And how did that translate within your relationship with God? You just start from the beginning, sis. Okay, so this is the first memory that pops up in my head about being creative, but I didn't even know that that was that. When I was younger, I want to say like elementary school, every time I got out the bathroom, I would take this Winnie the Pooh towel that my dad bought me and I would stay in the shower and I would create bathing suits with this towel. And I was young, like I didn't know what it was. And my mom would be like, hurry up, get out the bathroom. Like the bathroom has always been my favorite place. But I would literally like be in the bathroom making like different designs with the towel. And I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I loved like doing it. And it was cool. And as I got older, I don't even remember elementary school like that, but I know that I always love like nice things. I always love nice clothes. I remember coming home from middle school, like laying on the floor and just like on different like luxury sites. And I couldn't afford it at that time. My family couldn't afford it. And I'm just like, one day, like I'm going to be dressing real nice, like blazers and just different stuff like that. Like just being young. So I knew from that age that I loved clothes. Again, didn't think that it was creative because at that time I'm Haitian. So at that time it was just like, I want to be a doctor. Like creativity was nowhere in that. Okay. So as I got to high school, I just remember one prayer that I said was, God, give me the confidence to dress how I want to dress because I would always like to put funky things together that normal people wasn't doing. And I would be scared to dress how I really wanted to dress or put things together. And I remember that one prayer, like, God, give me the boldness to dress how I want to dress. And that's when I believe that I started understanding. I had the understanding of being creative. So that was like back in high school. And when I got out of high school, 
my major was bio. Y'all, I don't know what I was thinking. My major was bio. First semester, I knew like, this is not for me. This is not going to work. I changed my major like three times. But then in college, I understood that like, I was going to a church that had like creative like aspects and things like that. And I'm like, I like this. Like these are type of graphics would always grab my attention. Flyers would grab my attention and putting nice ideas together would grab my attention. And long story short, I ended up interning at this branding agency and I was just an assistant. Like, mind you, I didn't have no creative experience, nothing like that. I just know that I liked looking at things that look good. I like putting ideas together, but I didn't know it was a job. And I remember in the midst of that, I launched a bathing suit company because I wanted to sell bathing suits. So I launched a bathing suit company. And in that time, companies weren't doing great photo shoots like they're doing now. Like in that time, like 2013, they were just taking pictures in a white background with like the model just standing there or on a mannequin. Like that's all you saw on Instagram. And I was just like, no, like I want to create a story. Like I had my friends model. I went to the pool of my apartment and I bought props. I bought like big old floats. And I had a friend of mine come in and I was just telling my friends, okay, pose like this, pose like that. And then I post the pictures on Instagram. So that was like my first photo, official photo shoot that I did. But in that, I didn't know that creative direction was a job. Like I just knew that I need to find a different way to sell these bathing suits. And then in the midst of that, I got this internship. I was just going to the post office at this internship booking things on her calendar, making sure the office was straight. And then like one day she just gave me a design project. It was a branding agency that we did designs and stuff like that. And she also had a fashion brand and she gave me a design project, I believe. And, but she saw potential in me in some way. And she kept giving me feedback, kept giving me design projects. And then one day I had an idea to do a photo shoot for the clothing that she had because she was doing photo shoots. But in my head, I'm just like, it could be better. So I presented the idea to her and she was just like, yeah, like for sure. Like take care of it. Like find models. Find. And then I just took off like in finding models, finding locations. I would literally drive and be like, I'm going here to find this. This is a dope spot. And She just left that to me. She was like, continue doing that. She would give it to me. Different clients that we had, I would have to like figure out different photo shoot ideas. And in that branding agency, I understood that like, this is a job. Like this is needed. People aren't thinking outside the box for ideas for companies and things like that. And they just come to me. So that's when I understood like, yo, this is a job. Like creative direction is a job. And I started looking, 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 going deep. And I was just like, yo, this is a job. And it's a job that pays if you stick with it. So that's how I started in that show. I love that you you had the intuition and you ran with it. Because I think a lot of times we get the unction, but we immediately second guess ourselves, not to say that that doesn't come up. So for you, like, especially even as a believer, how did you navigate just like taking the steps forward? And going in deeper, because it sounds like what I hear you say is a lot of, I found that I really liked this and I just kind of just went with it instead of kind of like pulling back. Because I think there are times where we get attracted to things and we don't recognize like this could actually be a desire in my heart to do, but I don't know how to take those steps. And even in the uncertainty, taking steps. So what for you drove you to just take the steps to like continue to go towards it and like really know that that was working towards your passion? I want to start with with the bathing suit. My mom is an entrepreneur. She owns a 
hair salon. And my dad was also an entrepreneur and he was like an artist and did framework. So I believe in looking back in retrospect, it's in my blood. Like entrepreneurship is in my blood, although I did not want to do it because how it's not consistent money all the time. And that's why I said I wanted to become a doctor because I'm like, I'm going to be making my money consistently. And God was just like, you thought. So it was in my blood to like start things. Like I just start things. I'm not sure. It's something in me. It's God that has given it to me to just be able to start things. So I know, and I could trace back to being at the branding agency. I held on to God so much at that branding agency because I felt like I didn't belong there. I didn't know what I was doing. So I needed God, like, especially in design, like I didn't go to school for it. It wasn't something that I went to school for. I didn't go to school to, you know, be filmed, do films and productions and things like that. So I know I can't do it by myself. So I need help. Like, so I would literally walk in there every day and pray over every design that I have to do, pray over every production set that I have to curate because I knew that in my own strength, I couldn't do it. And it may have been like, it was a lot of insecurity if I'm being real, because my boss, she had like a master's in design and all that type of stuff. So I knew in the space that I was in, if it's black and white, I'm not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So like I had to cling on to God and just doing stuff. I think is just a part of me that's just a risk taker in a way. I'm like that friend that's like, you'll tell me I want to start a smoothie company. And I'm just like, let's go buy the fruits right now. Like, I'm just like that person. Like, let's just do it. You say you want to do it. Let's just do it. And I think like the quick drive to just believe in it one but also two I love how you said you prayed over different things like you allow God to I think we don't recognize so much sometimes how much God wants space like yes he's God he gives us free will and he allows us to be in relationship with him but like when you take when you allow God to take up space how much that space can get filled in a way that you don't even really think about So I think as a creative, like for you, talk about how would you define creativity? And I know it's really broad. I know it's not just limited. You taught me that like a couple of weeks ago when we talked about this, because I was just like, oh, girl, you are a bomb. And in my mind, I'm not thinking of creativity in that way. But essentially, as children of God, we're all creators. We get the ability to create. And so for you to find that even for yourself, but also more broadly. Creativity. I will start broadly is just, it's in all of us. It's literally a reflex. It's literally who we are because God was, you know, he was introduced. The first thing he did was start to create. So that's how we first are introduced to God. So he created us. He's a creator. I believe broadly creativity is just a part of us. It's who we are in a way we all just tap into it differently. It's like we work that muscle. Some people really work that muscle of creativity. They have like this mandate to create. Other people just like, uh, I'm not really too crazy about it, but they have it on the inside of them. It's like everyone is creative in their own way. Literally, when you wake up in the morning and you put an outfit together, you're being creative. You know what I'm saying? Like when you decide, okay, I'm gonna do my hair this way. Or when you cook, like you mix different things together. That's a different way of being creative. It's Broadly, I would just say that it's who we are. It's a part of our essence. Personally, creativity for me is just a way I release. I feel like if I don't create something, I'm going to go crazy. Like, 
going to have an attitude. I'm just not the best person. I just, I need to create in whichever way it is. Like whether I'm cooking or I'm on productions or I'm even creating style guides for myself. Like I'm just sitting there and I'm just creating style guides that nobody will see. Or I'm like creating a video, editing a video, editing, creating different designs and stuff like that. For me, creativity is something that I have to do. If I don't do it, mentally, I'm not going to be okay. Okay, I want to put a pin in that because I want to go back to that because I think that that's a very good point. But the other thing you said with it being inside of us is that it kind of comes up differently and the expression is different. I'll say for myself and then I'll go into a quick tangent and then kind of discuss, I want to talk about like what that looks like when you have these really strong burdens and you have no reason or no understanding of where they come from. But for myself, more recently, I've always been a visual person. I've always been somebody that can't really stick to stuff too long because I kind of move on to the next thing. I need structure in order to thrive, but too much structure makes me feel like I'm limited. It's a very weird thing to do. I don't even know how to describe it. But more recently, I have really been into like videography, cinematography, and I've been struggling with, God, I want to express myself in this way. I get very like, I gravitate a lot to interior design. I gravitate a lot to the way people like do videos. I gravitate a lot to like clean aesthetics. And I've noticed my style is very minimalistic. So like when I'm in my house, I'm like, I got too much stuff in here. But I didn't know that that was like a deep seated creativity space for me because I get full from looking at those things and like being in clean spaces and I'll go to a nice hotel just to walk around to like be in a nice space that's well decorated. And so for me, I didn't realize more until recently that God was revealing like to me, like these desires to push out creative things that I do, like showing my day and doing it in a very creative way. I think that there are things that God even wants to express from us that he wants to show himself in a more broad way that we have to honor and know that he wants to do. But some of the stuff I just, I'm like, I don't even know where this is coming from. But even in a more of a business sense, if I'm talking about specifically my business, there are things I'll talk to people about that I know I didn't learn in school, that I know I didn't learn from nobody else. Mm -hmm. Half the time, I don't even know what's coming out of my mouth. And so even as a business owner, you're taking a lot of creative things out of your mind and making it tangible to making it into a product or a service that people can actually Mm -hmm. see and they're like, naming something I always think about Adam and this is like a very fresh revelation but I always think about Adam when he would name the animals like God gave him the authority to create and name things and actually do it that goes into like target audience and messaging and all that kind of stuff that's like very businessy but those things are God giving us the ability to take things out of our heads and make them tangible right and so for me that's what that looks like in a very like practical way but For you, going back to like that burden piece, why do you think it feels heavy? Like that release piece is so important. And so why do you think creating is important, but also the expression and release of what's inside of you is necessary? I believe that I have this deep burden because that's what I'm specifically called to do. Someone listening to this may not have that deep burden. They might have a deep burden to teach. You know what I'm saying? 
So for me, or I feel like that's to be a nurse. Like that's what that practice right. looks like. It like I have mm-hmm. a deep feeling to be a nurse. I have a deep feeling to teach moms how to not have a postpartum depression. I have a deep right. feeling to work with people who are in the HR space and they do this very specific thing. Like those are burdens. I feel like we solve a problem in some mm-hmm. way. Like that's what that practically looks like. But go yeah. ahead. Yeah. So for me, I believe that. I'm called really to be a creative, but most importantly, what God has been showing me in this season that I'm called to bring awareness to other creatives that are called to it as well, but have not walked into it. Because again, like you said, you touched on it. We creatives are solution-based people. Like we're solution-based. We are all solving a problem. Creatives solve problems. God literally was solving a problem when he created everything like Jesus into the world. Like he was solving a problem. So creatives in essence are solving a problem. And I feel like I'll see something and I'll immediately think of something creative or immediately think of an answer. And it's like, if I don't birth it out, I'm literally hindering, I'm literally suffocating myself. Like I was made to do this in a way. I don't have the proper words, but I feel like I'm burdened to do it because I was literally called to do this. Like God literally birthed me for that specific reason. So when I hear someone say, I want to launch this thing or whatever the case is, it's something in my spirit is just like, okay, so what's stopping you from doing it? Like what's, you know, how can we do it? Like I'm immediately finding, okay, what's the issue? Like, what are your roadblocks? Like, what is this? Okay, when do you want to do this? I immediately start, solving a problems. And sometimes I'm just out here giving unsolicited advice <laughs> all the time. And I always find myself more passionate about people that are sharing their ideas with me. And I always fall into this thing. I care about this idea more than they do. But it's like, I think that that's just God, you know, has birthed that in me. Like my mandate is to help other creatives get back in line, like get in order. Yeah, and I think that goes back to the scripture, Ephesians 2.10, one of my favorite, but it's specifically in the NLT that says, for we are God's masterpiece. One, let me say this. I think we don't understand our value and our identity of being created by the creator. And so when you think of a masterpiece, the way I always break the scripture down is that if people travel to Paris literally will pay thousands of dollars and be on a plane for hours on end just to go see the Mona Lisa. Mm. One painting by one person that sits somewhere forever mm-hmm. and literally is just on display. And when people look at it, they're like, oh my God, this masterpiece. But we don't see ourselves that way. Yeah. And so first in regard to just we're being created by God as his masterpiece. The Bible says he created us anew in Christ, which means we're new creations in Christ so that we could do the things he planned for us long ago. And so when I think about that scripture in particular and related to what you said, when you get that vision or that burden, like there is an assignment on what I need to do because there's assignment on the thing that I have to release. Mm -hmm. And I think just going, I keep thinking about Adam in my head of God's purpose in creating Adam to name things if he never named them, it wouldn't have been done. We would just had a bunch of animals out here. We wouldn't know what to call them. We wouldn't have had the identity of what it was. And so I think, like you said, there are particular people and assignments, whereas people like me who might just be creating may not think something is as great as it is. Because I think that 
that comes with the thought process and the creative process where you think this idea isn't that great. And then people look at it and they're like, this is bomb. Mm-hmm. Like artists say all the time, I didn't think it was going to be that good or I didn't think it was just going to pop like that. And it just pops. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's a necessity of, like you said, getting back in, in order, but also the ability to believe in what we've been given. There'll be random moments. I remember this happened to me last week where I was just like really struggling with like, God, how do I get what is in my head out? And I saw a vision in my mind of my big dry erase board that I put away when Elijah was born because we didn't have anywhere to put it. And he was like, just go put it in your bedroom and sit on the wall. And I literally planned my year out on that dry erase board from just like following what was in me instead of just ignoring it. Yeah. And so, you know, why do you think it? Well, let me ask this question first. It becomes a heavy load at times and it becomes heavy. How do you think it impacts people emotionally? Because I think that's one of those things that isn't really necessarily touched on. But like even that release is a release emotionally. But also, how do you think it impacts people emotionally when they don't create? I'm going to talk about this because literally this happened recently. And after I was done, I was just like, girl, you wasn't having a bad day. Like you wasn't having an attitude for no reason. You was just being disobedient. Okay. So when literally God is like placing something on the inside of you that you think it like, God, how am I going to be able to do this? Like, what will people say about this? So you put it so far behind in your mind, right? You start getting busy with everything else and you ignore this thing. But then you praying to God for your answer and he already gave it to you. You just need to move. So now you wake up one day and you have the attitude like, I'm tired of being where I'm at, whatever is happening in your life. And then he reminds you, hey, this assignment that I had you do, you never did it. You start doing the assignment. And then after you feel so free, you feel happy, you feel like, okay, you want to just hug and love on people. That happened to me recently. And afterwards, like he was just talking to me like you were in a place of disobedience. And like, even in Deuteronomy, like the curses of being disobedient and disobedient and just like everything in the Bible, when we're disobedient, when we ignore the voice of God, because that's just what it is, we ignore the voice of God and we tell God we're not able to do something he clearly tells us we're able to do. We literally open the door to fear. We open the door to doubt. We open the door to oppression. We open the door to so many things because we have literally denounced the thing that God has told us to do. So we open the door to different things that are allowed to oppress us because we're walking in disobedience. So that's it. It can affect you emotionally in that way because you're literally pregnant with something and it's time to give birth. And it's like you're uncomfortable because the baby is too big to still be in your belly. You get what I'm trying to say? So it's like you need to birth this thing out because it's too big. Like imagine being 45 weeks pregnant. It's just like something is up. Like this baby got to go. Like it's too big to stay where it is. So you start to be uncomfortable. You start being comfortable with how you sleeping, how you thinking. You just, you know what I'm saying? So it affects you emotionally because it's something that needs to be released. And even going deeper is in the disobedience part is just like you're out of alignment. So if you're out of alignment with God, with what God is telling you, what the Holy Spirit is instructing you to do, because in essence, the Holy Spirit is creativity. I pray to the Holy Spirit all the time. I say when I'm designing, I need Holy Spirit and the spirit of wisdom to be with me as I'm creating, like moving my hands. When I'm creating, 
sometimes if I don't know what I'm creating, if I'm just starting off and I don't have the idea yet, I have to have a quiet room because it's like I'm hearing Holy Spirit tell me what to do. Like put this mouse over there, put this like I'm literally getting instruction in that way. So it's like if we're not keeping that door open to hear Holy Spirit, everything else is just not going to work because if we're submitting to doing things our own way, it's just like we have literally opened the door to fear. We literally opened the door to doubt, literally opened the door to depression, suppression, oppression, all that other stuff because we've decided to say no to God. You get yeah. what I'm trying to say? Yep. So and that's why it's important. And I think, um, I'll speak for this from my end. I think one of the things I've learned in this season is that resistance is harder. I think, let me say this. What I said to God is, Resistance is easy to do because you feel like to a certain point when God has kind of walked you through a process, you feel like, okay, God, I don't want to do that. I ain't got to do it. Like you get to a certain place where it's like, God, I've obeyed you up until this point. Like I've done, I've, I feel like I've done my due diligence, Lord. But why do I do that? And then you start to just be like, why? But I think also when you do say yes, you experience the peace of God. And that is a weird thing to describe because it feels peaceful, but it also feels like I don't even know what this is going to look like. And as a creative, as someone who is doing something, again, just very uncomfortable, you're in alignment and you have no control. Mm-hmm. And you also recognize that the level of control you have is just the responsibility of upholding the end of your obedience. Yes. And so... On the other end of this, I think that, like you said, what you described was the agony of when we're not in alignment, but also the agony of when we know something we have to do, but we're choosing comfort over sacrifice of being obedient. And that is such a long road. I think about this every single time I talk about my um, clinical exam for my test to be a therapist. That was a six-year process that was only supposed to be two years. And out of disobedience of just choosing comfort of what I thought was comfort, which was really a long, longer years and really was just uncomfortable. There was a lot of times I wanted to be like, God, why do I have to stay here? And he was like, this is that road that was chosen out of, he brought grace, he brought provision, but it took longer. And so I think when we choose to disobey or ignore or have an attitude and we're begging God for the answer, he's like, do the last thing I told you to do. And we don't do it. We look at the small sacrifice in the moment as the choice of, you mean I got to do this small thing? But what about that big thing? What about that? Why can't I get to that? It's like you can't even cultivate what's in front of you. And for me, it was just being obedient to just doing a thing I didn't want to do at the time. At 26, but it took me till I was 31 to get actually the end of the year, end of the actual plan that he had provided for or really wanted to give me. And so I think when it comes to being creative, there is a sense of, you know, when you're walking this path and you have that fear, you have the need to want to release, you have the desire to do it and you don't. There can be a lot of people growing up who, you know, may have found God in their 20s or found God in this space and there are, they are creative, but they might have experienced a lot of rejection or they might have experienced a lot of people seeing their, or seeing their stuff, especially in the eyes of religion and judging it and being like, 
that wouldn't be something God would do or why God didn't give you that idea. And then you, you end up locking up the ability to have God go past the limits of what, you know, we're capable of doing. And so describe what do you think that looks like for some people to experience rejection or just acceptance or it not looking like God, or is this really true? Is this really him? Because we internally, a lot of times think about what people think. Rejection is, I feel like that's my life, right? Rejection. But okay, so art is subjective. Literally, we see billions of people on earth and we have our opinions about everything, everybody. But I believe that getting through rejection, especially when you're birthing something, whether it be a business, whether it be an idea, a project, whether it just be a decision that you want to make in your life and you are afraid of people not understanding or rejecting it, it's something that we need to present to God, like at the end of the day, because I've dealt with rejection in different ways. And God showed me the first time I dealt with rejection was, well, the first time it was showing up was at my job. When I was working at this branding agency, I would overcompensate like a lot because I felt like I wasn't worth being there. And I was also afraid of being rejected. So I would just do too much. Like I would stay late. And yeah, that's not bad, but I was just doing way too much. And in my head, I'm like, I'm being a good worker. Like I'm trying to prove yourself. Yes. Yes. And it's just like, God showed me this, like your rejection is showing at work. Do you struggle with being consistent with God or have you fallen off your routine and really need to get back on to spending quality time with God daily? Do you find that when you actually do sit down with God, you don't really know where to start, what to read, and you really don't know how to make your routine work best for you? Well, you absolutely need the Time with God course. So let me tell you all about it, sis. In this course, I discuss with you how you can actually spend time with God and study the Bible. In the first class, I teach you all the tools you need, how you can look at time with God as a benefit and not a duty or a chore, or even feel bad when you don't spend time with God. And I even give you some strategies on how you can spend quality time with him where you actually feel like you're building a relationship with him. In the second video, I share with you how to actually study the Bible. I give you over 11 different ways to read the Bible so that you can switch up your time with the Lord. Switch up your time with God and learn a fresh way on how to spend time with him. And if you purchase this course, you get the Time with God ebook absolutely free. In this ebook, I have over 23 different devotionals that you can take part in on the Bible app, 21 different Christian books, 31 of my favorite sermons, and two worship playlists. So you can never say you don't have anything to do in your time with God. Remember, when you purchase the course, you get this ebook absolutely free. So go to risingrenee.com backslash time with God or go to the link in the description. Again, that's Rosa Renee backslash time with God, or go to the link in the description. Now let's get back to the show. I remember last week, the Lord said, like, really, really showed me that what came to my heart was God's love is, perf- is perfect and perfected without my performance. Yes, girl. Girl, that is so good. I don't have to perform for his love to be perfected in me. Yes. yes. Period. Yes. And just piggybacking off what you said, last week, 
I'm reading a book and it's called In His Presence or something, In the Midst of His Presence. And literally the author writes in first person as he's getting these revelations from God and he just writes it like that. And he says, I don't want anything from you. I don't need you to do anything. I just want you. And yes, we hear that, but last week it hit different for me. It was like, you get into these relationships. Every relationship that we have is transactional. It's either you're doing something for me, I'm doing something for you. If it's not happening like that, you don't really need to be in my life, whether big or small transaction. But God is like, baby girl, baby boy, I don't need you to do anything. I just need you to sit in my presence. I just want you. He want you being loud, attitude, lying. He want you, okay? He doesn't care what you do. You don't have to perform for him. He just wants you. So I'm like, God, you really just want me with the attitude, with the slick mouth, with the inconsistency, with the not wanting to listen to you sometimes. You You just want me. All the time. Not sometimes. All the time. Like, why? Why, Lord? And then here's the thing. Even as a kid, when you know you've been close to God, it's not even like you be trying to ignore it. Now you tell him, like, I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a deep thing to know because a lot of us, and speaking from just like my audience, I will say a lot of us haven't been taught what it looks like to be wanted fully mm-hmm. and wanted in a way that is not conditional mm-hmm. conditional meaning of the thing of you have to do something in order for this to happen or if you do this then that's not going to happen or if you do this I'm definitely not doing this and God's approach is yeah. never like that and so I mm-hmm. think like you said the feeling of not being rejected while you're doing your expression or your art or whatever you're doing, whether it's creating curriculum for something Mm -hmm. or starting, like you said, starting a business or whatever that looks like, the ideas that come to fruition in there from God, it's a different level of weight because I don't think, for me, I'll say, there are oftentimes when people say that, you know, they'll come to me and they're like, I went to therapy because I listened to your podcast or I had a conversation with you and this happened. And you think to yourself, I don't see what Holy Spirit does. It's not for me to do or see that. It's really for me to just walk in the obedience and allow God to let his hand rest on that. Right. I want to jump back into the rejection part when you just said, like, he'll tell you to do this. And it's just like, God, I don't want to. We all, we all like, God, I don't want to do this. So when he told me that my rejection was showing up in my work and I became aware of it, he then was taking me back to the root. I've always been dealing with rejection, but this is where it started. And now it's manifesting in this area. So when it's just like, God tells us to do something and we're just like, I don't want to do it. Why? Why don't we want to do it? Is it because we want to please this one person and we feel like if we do it, then we're just disappointing them and they won't want us anymore. Where did this first start? Like, was it when you were a child, your father wasn't here? You know what I'm saying? Was maybe God even took me and this just, personal God took me from when I was younger like I'm talking like six months I'm not aware of that but I remember like God just bringing revelation to me like when you were a child like when you were a baby just like from your father you know what I'm saying in the beginning like not really wanting you 
that transpired. Like, you know what I'm saying? The things that were happening between my mother and my father at that time, you know, like I felt that even from the womb. So it's just like, those things are very much important. Like God will take you all the way back to where it started, not for you to stay there, but for you to be aware. So it's like, he took me all the way back there. And then he showed me how it happened gradually throughout my life. It went from my father. Then it was like relationships. Then it was friends. Then it was guys. Then it was, you know what I'm saying? It just continued to grow. And it's like, here, I want to heal this part. I want to heal this little girl. I want to heal this trauma. I want to heal this relationship that you got into that you didn't need to get into. And it's just like, okay, God, with dealing with the rejection, you start to learn and he starts to show you who he said that you are. From the very beginning, you were mine. You know what I'm saying? I needed you. I knew you. You know what I'm saying? And you just have to constantly just be in God's presence so he can start to break off what you've put on throughout your life due to whatever circumstances in which you had to grow in. He starts to break those things off because you think that that's who you are because that's the cards you were dealt. So it's like even your frame of reference, like a lot of times too, like there goes a thing where well, I've seen this for so long. So you formulate, like you said, your identity essentially around what you know. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, he starts to break down those things. And as you start to, God, you said that I'm this. In a word, it says that I'm the apple of your eye. It says that you love me. It says that you knew me way before. You have to get, the only sauce to rejection is literally getting in the word and learning who God calls you. And then once you start getting solid in the fact that God really for you, like he'll go to back about you. You just start to not care because it's like, wait, yeah. but God, I don't care who around me. And I think yeah. that peace comes from, because I'll say mm-hmm. my thoughts at times or the feeling of like, God, I don't want to do that is really rooted in fear because the things you're calling me to, what I saw growing up failed. So that's my only frame of reference, God. And it becomes a thing of like, one of the things I've really been wrestling with is, do I trust God? Like I say, I trust him. Mm. Do I trust him with this piece? Like I can trust you in every other area. I can trust you, you know, you got my kid, you got my husband, you got, you know, all these things. But this area is hard for me to trust because my only frame of reference is failure. And so... It becomes a thing where it's like, God, my sacrifice to you is my yes, but also the only way I can give you my yes is by trusting that you're going to take care of it. Like you, I have to trust you. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes a thing like there are moments where you're really confident. You're like, yeah, I'm in it. I'm good. And then there are times where that trust gets tested. And it's like, do you really, really, really believe who I say I am and that I care about you? Yeah. And a lot of times it is the uncertainty piece. And so, you know, it's easier said than done. It's easier to say, God, I don't want to do it. But it really is a thing where you're doing it and you're trying to stay in it and mm-hmm. tell God, yes, and I'm going to honor you. Because even, I guess it was a revelation God brought to me last week. Jesus said to him, like Jesus said to God, can you take this cup from me? Mm-hmm. Before Now the duration of time before he said, but not my will, but you'll be done. Your will be done. Jesus felt the feeling of knowing I got to go to the cross and I know what this is going to feel like in a humanist way. I know I have to take on this cup, but can you take it from me? 
like that decision between I know I have to do this but I don't really want to can you please take it from me Uh and just the agony of what that felt like and so I think I say this all the time like God can handle my true feelings about something but that doesn't mean that my yes is contingent just because I say can he take it and take it away like it's still gonna be a yes at the end of it I feel like and so but there's always grace for it there's always grace for it. There's grace for those seasons. There's grace for all of those things. It's just the true thing of trusting him in between. That's so true. And even with everything you're saying, like the verse that keep popping up in my mind is like, if you want to follow Christ, and I might butcher it. Lose but your you, life. You yes, find Christ must lose his life. Yes. And pick up your cross and follow me. And that's a daily thing. And okay, I might go It's, a, it's an hour by hour thing, child. Girl, every second of the day. But I think too, I think, and you and me are saying this now because we both like kind of in a trial season to some a little bit. But I also think on the other side of that as well, you get to a point of acceptance and then you don't, you begin to then not worry about how challenging it is. It's just a different level of sacrifice. And y'all are hearing us and y'all are, because me and Tamisha are both like... girl we, we, we tested but at the same time I think it's important to like hear that because God's still worthy of honor in between that and uh-huh. you then become comfortable regardless of your personality on the understanding that obedience is just higher than what my feelings are at this point yes yes and just God was talking to me about this about the first disciples right Peter they peter them they was fishing and yes we always hear that god you know say like i'm gonna make you fish as a man really think about it like day in the field they fishermen they making a bank you know what i'm saying like they live in their life and jesus comes shows them a miracle yeah they get all this fish and then jesus like yeah follow me so jesus is like yeah how, i need you to leave how good that. is that how good is that by the way <laughs> like you're following I need me. you to leave all of that and follow me. They don't know this man. Did they know Jesus like that? Nah. Did they know Jesus was about to have a business for them? Did Peter know Jesus was about to be healing all these people? Did he know that Jesus was about to make him a quote-unquote millionaire or a quote-unquote build his church on him? That first day he said, follow me. I know Peter probably, it says in the word, and I don't want to add to the word, but it says in the word that like, you know, they left their nets and they went and followed him. But I'm just thinking like the thoughts that this man probably had, like, dang, like I need to make my bread. Like I need to, but I'm here with Jesus, listening to him speak, seeing and watching the miracles that he's doing, walking with him. I got to walk from here to there. I got to like protect. I got to like feed these people or help God do this, help Jesus do this, sit around with these people, minister to these people. And that looks nothing like going on a boat, catching fish, probably drinking, probably doing, you know, living their life, doing what fishermen do. I don't know what they do. Being normal. Being normal. He knew what he was doing. He would wake up every day and go to the boat and do what they do and prep whatever. When Jesus said, follow me, they just left their nets and literally followed God. And I'm just imagining their thought process through that. Like, how did they feel like every day? Like on the first year, okay, the second year there was with him. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm sure throughout that process, he was just like, I don't know. Hey, sis, are you currently in therapy? 
then let me tell you about an amazing tool that I created and have been using since I started therapy three and a half years ago. It's called the Therapy Reflection Journal. Have you ever finished a therapy session and thought, girl, what did we talk about? Or a couple of days later, like, gosh, that was such a good point and I don't remember it. Or maybe you want a journal where you can reflect on what you and your therapist discussed to dig deeper into your mental health and really, really, really work on what you and her talked about. Well, I absolutely got you covered since you definitely need the Therapy Reflection Journal. This journal was designed for those of you that are in therapy that want to take notes during your session, write down homework, and it even has reflection pages for you to dig deeper following your sessions. It's basically your therapy journal to track your entire experience. I found that when I was going to therapy, I always would take a blank journal with me. And when my therapist would ask, okay, so how did you um, reflect on last session? I would be flipping through my journal, like, where did I write that down? Where did I write that down? And I wanted to create a structured journal to keep up with all of those sessions, all of those notes, reflections, all in one. I still use mine to this day, literally. And I even refer back to it when I'm looking for different things. You can start using it today, even if you've been in therapy. So... Go ahead and grab your copy by going to rosalrenee.com backslash journal or go to the link in the show notes. I can't wait for you to use it. The Therapy Reflection Journal is your reflection journal for your therapy experience. Now let's get back to the show. I think the other thing that comes to mind is the quick decision. And I also think that that makes me think that following God is just a choice. Mm -hmm. I think like it is just a choice. And Choosing to obey when we get out of our feelings is literally just a daily choice. And I hear you say that, and I know it can feel like, like, what was it? But what was the thing that made him make that quick decision? But I think when you just experience something so radical and you also experience Mm -hmm. a peace, like currently, even Mm -hmm. though I know I don't know what stuff is going to look like, there is a high level of peace because I understand that it's beyond me. But also, I think it goes back to my whole desire is to love God and be in relationship with him. And as a, and, and going back to like just kind of switching gears to go back to the creative person, I think you have to be in that space to operate in the fullness of what you create. Like there are some people that I've seen that do some things that I'm just like, where does this come so quickly? Like, how do you grasp doing that? And you could just push it out, not thinking about what people are going to say, not thinking about what people are going to do or what they feel, but you just push it out. So amazing. And it's so fast. And those spaces are the things of being close to God. You're, you're literally near the ultimate creator. Mm-hmm. And so kind of to wrap up this with that question, what encouragement would you tell people that are, you know, seeking to do these things, do in whatever creative space they're in, whether it be a podcast, whether it be doing something on their job, because you could do that as well. Like it doesn't have to be limited to just like online entrepreneurship or whatever, or anything in general. It doesn't even have to be entrepreneurship, but for them who are struggling with the thing of the box of religion, of it doesn't look like God, what encouragement would you give them for that? Listen, listen to the Holy Spirit, because and listening to the Holy Spirit, like he's literally, Jesus literally left that gift for us. And the Holy Spirit is literally telling us things that are happening in heaven. So the Holy Spirit is telling you something, go with it. It's like, I'm going to cry, but I'm going to do it anyway. Just like the piece you just said, like, I know this is hard, but I'm going to do it anyway. So listen to that voice, like 
listen to Holy Spirit telling like if you feel it, if you hear it and you have a relationship with Christ, it does not matter. It does not matter how the rest of the world is doing it. God is telling you to do it that way. And you spending time with him and having that relationship with him, you will have the confidence, God, I am scared, but I'm going to do it because you love God more. Even just how Jesus was even brought into the world, like, and the things that he was teaching, it was so contrary to what the Pharisees was doing, but Jesus knew the truth. You know what I'm saying? Jesus was God. So he's like, what y'all doing is not what my father, like, is doing. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to look different. Even when he was healing on the Sabbath day, they like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? It's not going to look like religion. And that's okay because literally we're all different. God has literally called us all to be different. He's put a mandate on each and every one of our lives. If you are like, God, this don't look like how the church look like. Maybe that's why he's calling you to do it. Maybe he wants yeah. to attract people that's not in the church to get into alignment. Where did you get that creativity from, Holy Spirit God? Now that is going to lead that person to get into their quiet time of God. And I want to just say this because that's where God has me in this season now. I was so wrapped up in my ability to create. Yes, I knew God was with me. Yes, I knew that Holy Spirit is with me and I pray all the time. But I was also more confident in my ability to create the ideas that's just in my mind that could just run like water, right? I was so wrapped up in the fact that I'm a creative, like I'm this creative person. I could help you anything dealing with creativity. But in this season, God is just like showing me like, you are my daughter first, okay? You can't be the master creator that you want to be if you're not in the presence of God. Because creativity is such a subjective field. Like you could create something beautiful and people might think that it's ugly. People might think that it's not, it doesn't line up with what the standards are. But if you know that you're with God, you know that God was with you as you created this and you have confidence in the God that helped you created it, you're going to be straight. Like you're going to be good. So I, all that to say is Listen to the voice of God in your creativity. Listen to the voice of God in your everyday life because God is the one, like everything that we have, everything that we call to do is already in heaven. He knows how this thing is supposed to look. So you looking at other people, how they doing it, comparing yourself, coveting other people, saying that, dang, I'm not as talented as this next person. You're literally shaming and you're discrediting what God has literally called you to do. So my only advice is to literally get at the feet of God because that's where your confidence for your art is going to come from. That's where your boldness is going to come from. That's where your word, your creativity is going to come from. Literally, I'll be praying. I'll be like in the middle of praying for somebody or something. And I will get like a whole flash, like a vision, like and right. I'm like, God, I'm in the middle of prayer. Like, is this you? Or am I like being distracted? And it's just like, he's downloading to me sometimes in prayer, what I need to do something creative or, you know, whatever. So when you're in the presence of God, you're on your face, you're, you know, you're in his presence, you allow his presence to download things from heaven for you. And when you know, you got something from God, you just move different. You do. When you know, it's you, it's just like, yeah, I had this perfect idea, this good idea, but you still doubting. But when you know it's from God, you move different. Yes, you might be a little scared because you don't know how this is going to pan out and it looks different from everybody else. But you like, you hold on to the fact that God said, Holy Spirit was speaking to me. You know what I'm saying? So my only advice again is to listen and get at the feet of God. Listen to the Holy Spirit. 
period. Well, thank you, Tamisha. I appreciate you. So why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Okay, so they can find me on Instagram. I'm not sure if you're going to put it in the description box. I am. I am. Okay. So y'all could go to the description box. You know, when people be spelling it out, I'm like, I don't think people really go. But anyways, you guys can find me at Tamisha E.T. on Instagram. And please, the podcast that we're talking about is called Called and Creative on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you also want to check out my other podcast, it's called Unleashing Souls. So. Thank you so much for having me, Rosalyn. This was an amazing conversation. This was great. This was great. This is so good. So I hope that you all enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I love y'all and I will see you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.